I feel like writing is 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 a way of expressing beauty, you know, just like taking pictures or making music. And beauty should be expressed. You are now listening to We Are Crayons, the podcast. Conversations with Trinidad and Tobago's creative thinkers and makers. We'll delve into their processes, their struggles, and what drives them to execute continually as creative individuals. I'm your host, Dano McNichol. Do enjoy. This is We Are Crayons podcast, and we are speaking with Nakisha Joseph, copywriter, photographer, all-time, yeah. <laughs> chill, you know, so we'll find out a lot more about Nakisha. So Nakisha, please tell us who you are and what do you do? All right. Greetings. Um, so I'm a copywriter um, with McCann um, Port of Spain, um, one of the leading advertising agencies in the country. Um, but when I do, I don't feel like that. It's just feel like pace now <laughs> and it's only when you pull back you know it's like hey we do amazing work but like when you're there it's like you know you're in it now um i've been working there for 11 years which it's is crazy nice long time yeah <laughs> juicy long time um and i am also a photographer for around the same time and um well writer and that kind of thing Try to do a little poetry and that kind of thing. So that's overview. From your youngest age, were you always a creative person? Did you consider yourself to be creative? What were you like as a child? Right. Um, as a child, I think I was, a, I, was, I was sheltered. And I think I was kind of sheltered by choice, mm. I guess. I guess now they call it introverted. Um, so I chose to stay home and read a lot. I chose to stay home and watch a lot of movies. Um... My, my stepfather, it was weird. He thought that we shouldn't watch Sesame Street. So <laughs> he All thought right. he was much older. So he was from a different generation. So he didn't understand this puppet thing. Right. Right. So he was like, we shouldn't watch Sesame Street. We should watch John Wayne movies with him and um, Steve McQueen and the Mission Impossibles and that kind of thing. So my brother and I grew up watching those movies. And I mean... We didn't know it at the time, but I was shaping our mind. Mm. So, and I also grew up, because he was much older, I grew up listening to his music, which was Kitchener's and um, a lot of Percy Sledge, a lot of Nat King Cole. Granted, it wasn't, it was just that one Nat King Cole record, um, Ramblin' Rose, and it by Hearts. But, um, so we kind of got that appetite for, for art, but art outside of our generation. And, um, but I didn't know what was going on in my brain at the time. Um, I don't have a very big family, so I don't know what my cousin is with that. Ting, ting, ting. I just know my brother liked to draw and I like just stuff. I wasn't really sure. I wasn't sure, you know? Um, yeah, so I, I didn't know that I was a creative at that time. I just know what I liked and I like music and I like words. Mm. I like to read. Um, I like to study my books. And that kind of thing. Um, so, yeah. Right, so, where, so, where did you go to school? I went to school at St. George's. Right. Baratarius, St. George's mm-hmm. College. Um, and I did, I did art. I remember when we had to choose subjects, I, I didn't know what to choose. And I told my friend, 
can you pick my subjects for me? But just make sure it's, I'd have arts in it. I remember telling her that. <laughs> Big up to Crystal Andrews. <laughs> <laughs> I should probably message her. I thank her. I say, yeah. just make sure I have arts. Mm-hmm. And she, um, she picked art and literature. And um, I did languages. Not because I wanted to, because it just made sense. Right. And yeah, literature and art is basically who I am. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and George's was where things started to coalesce. So, you know, I know what I like, but it started to be like, oh, this could be something. something. But it was still murky at that time, you know? Right. And when did it become clearer for you then that, yeah, this is right. the path that I want to go down? So, okay. So for seven years, I worked at an um, insurance company. Right. And um, while I was there, again, I still knew what I liked, but I wasn't doing it, you know. Mm. And um, I remember just being so frustrated. And um, I remember being in a taxi and crying in the taxi on Mm. the way to work. And this lady next to me, she said, what happened? And I said, I'm not happy and I don't know what to do in my life. Mm. I was in my early 20s, you know. And, you know, when you're young, you think you're supposed to have stuff figured out and that kind of thing. I was, but I was so frustrated and I was putting mm. pressure on myself to figure it out right away because, you know, you feel you have a timeline now, you know. So um, I started to cry and she was like, um, she's like, sit down and try to figure it out. But also just relax yourself, you know. And I sat down and I started to work it out. If I like art and artistic things, I should talk to people who do those things, you know? Because I knew, I, my job was nice, it was cute, <laughs> you know, but I was an astronaut amongst clerical assistants. I was a different person and I just wasn't happy. Right. So I started to talk to people and one of the people I spoke to was my brother, you know, because he was, he's younger than me, but he was drawing all the time. He was doing what he wanted to do and he was like, if you don't know what you want to do, just go and do courses. Go and do courses. Mm. And I did um, illustration. I did acting. I did a course of acting, stage management, um, writing and that kind of thing. Um, I did all these little things. I did graphic design, trying to figure out where I'm going to fit, you know. And then when I did the acting class, um, then I was like, okay, all right. All right. I don't want to be, I don't know if I want to be an actress, but I know I like to express myself. I like to express myself through words and that kind of thing. And just over time, I was like, I like to write. And then through the drama thing, the girl who was running the course, she said, the next course I want to do is photography. And I'm trying to get people. You want to do it? And I was like, okay, I do have a camera. You know, but I could try because I was doing, I was drawing at the time and I was like, I'm not that good, you know, but if I take pictures, that'll be easier than drawing because I'll get lights and I'll be able to get expression. But I just won't have to draw it. I people and I was <laughs> like, sense. photography made sense. And then I did that course and I was like, I like this thing. I really like this thing. And um, also I like people, you know, I find, um, which is a good and a bad thing as we so drawn to people and that's kind of getting me in trouble because it's kind of make fellas think I like them. <laughs> Girls like, whoa, what's happening? Because as we so into people, 
you know, I like to ask people questions and I kind right. of think on photography, I get to capture their, you know, external beauty, but then I also get to connect with them. So it's, it's be a whole, it's be more for me than for them. Right. You know, it's be, it is so satisfying, mm. you know, and it's, it's so much more than the picture is about the, the moment. I know that word cliche now, especially because I'm looking at advertising, but it, yeah, I don't know if I answered your question. No, you did, you did, you did. So, kind of walk me through. So, you did the course, you did that. Right. So, then, like... The advertising thing. Is there a moment where you were, like, you wrote your first, I don't know, a poem or, right. or whatever it is, and, and you said, uh, and the light just, it just clicked, right. and says like, yeah, that's it. Nah, it didn't happen like that. It didn't happen mm, like so that. So, tell me, how did uh, it happen for you? True, just talking to people. I was right. living a life that, I think I wanted to live or do right. the things I wanted to do. Right. So I, I started to take pictures and I was like, I like this. Mm. But work-wise, nine to five-wise, um, okay, so again, I was working in the insurance company, still talking to people and that kind of thing. And I remember this woman came, she was, she was a financial advisor and she came to do a, a, a lecture to all the staff about just financial security and that kind of thing. Right. And I just remember she was in a white pantsuit and I was like, she's an angel. <laughs> I was slicked back and she just looks so put together. Right. You know, and me being a young woman and trying to find myself. And I was like, this woman looks so put together. She looked like she knew what she about. Mm. And it was the first time I was actually not put over by insurance agents. Right. You know, she was just working talk- in an insurance company. Yeah, but she was talking to me <laughs> about life. You know, she's talking about your life and like how to get yourself together. And I was like, I like this woman. So after the lecture, I went over to her and I said, I'm trying to find a new job, but I don't know how. I like art, but I also want to make money, you know? But and I wasn't good enough in photography yet to like say I'm going to do it on my own and that kind of thing. I didn't have enough confidence either. So um, she said, I could put you on to... Um, a marketing manager in another company. I don't want to say the company. Yeah, sure. And um, you could talk to her. And when I had a, I, I had a um conversation with that woman, and she said, "You sounding like you should be in advertising because you sounding like all the stuff you like, you'll be able to do that in advertising. You like photography, you like um people, you like understanding people. Advertising is for you. Marketing will make you money, but you're looking like you're more into the creative side." I was like. Me never hear about that in <laughs> Trinidad, you know. Um, she's like, just look into it. So I started to go into the phone book and all the advertising agencies and I started to send out my resumes and that kind of thing. And then I got a job in the same building I was working. I worked there for seven years, as I said. In the same building, there was an architectural firm downstairs and I got a job as a marketing assistant there. And um, I was doing graphics and also making tea. <laughs> I was doing administrative work, secretarial right. work, and also doing graphics. And that was the, my first look into what it's like to be amongst creators mm. because I was working with architects, mm-hmm. you know. And I think it was good that I worked there before I worked in advertising because I was working in a very corporate job. So right. working in an architectural firm was corporate but artsy. If I jumped straight into um, advertising, I think my head would explode. It was a 180, you know? Six months after I got that job, I got a call from McCann. And, um, oh, that's a good call to get from yeah. just starting out. I was comfortable in the architectural firm. I was like, I should take this. 
you know, and I went for the interview and um, I didn't, I didn't want to take it. And the guy who's my boss now, he was like, I think you should, <laughs> you know. Cut long story short, I took the job and that kind of thing. And that was the first time I started to really write rights, you know. And um, before that, as I said, I was still trying to find myself. Before that, I knew I liked words, but I never really had the confidence to write. But then you're working in advertising. You don't have time to not have confidence. <laughs> because you had to write a 30 second script in no time. You have to, you have to write a TV ad in a day or less, you know? So that's when I started to write, mm. you know? Um, advertising, uh, copywriting is not long format writing. So it's a little different. Mm. Um, so I remember when I started, I didn't consider myself a writer. I didn't consider myself a copywriter, but it's still writing. Mm -hmm. And yeah, start working in my can is when I really started to write. Mm -hmm. Other than in secondary school is when I really started to write. All right. Yeah. Got you, got you. So then how would you say being involved in McCann in that space, right. how has that helped you develop as a creative person? Right. It is like, it is the bulk of how I've become a creative. Firstly, it's been around other creatives. Mm. It's build your confidence and it's open your mind, mm. you know, and also too, because the environment, you have to produce, you know, you're not... You don't have the cover of, um, I'm scared, or oh, I can't do it. You have to do it, you know? Um, I'm not trying to make it sound like it's some kind of battlefield, but I mean, it's your job, so you have to produce, you know? So um, being in, in an advertising agency and, and being a copywriter, you don't just write, you have to ideate. Mm -hmm. You know, you have to think about big ideas and you have to whittle them down into press, radio, TV, billboards and now digital marketing you know you have to do so many things mm. and um in that you have to explore you have to explore you have to read you have to go um parang and paramin you have to go down south you have to go you have to travel you know what i'm saying to be able to um to produce and to do a good job at your job you know so because i was in an environment where i had to produce I had to have experiences and those experiences aided my creativity. Actually, that's one of the, the pieces of advice I got when I started there. Um, to be a good writer, you have to have experiences because mm. that's the only way. And that's the thing about um, being a copywriter. One minute I'm writing about a car and one minute I'm writing about groceries. One minute I'm writing from a man's perspective and I'm writing from a woman's perspective. One minute I'm writing about a stereotype and one minute I'm writing about a trailblazer. It's, it's like, you straddle so many different worlds, you know, so many um, trends, you know what I'm saying? It's, 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 a, it's a lot. And you can't not develop your creativity being in an environment like that. You just can't. Mm. It, because you're getting paid to do it. So it kind of forcing you to, and then you're inspired to do it. Just being around people. Right. And when you put out work and it's like, I did that. Mm. Let me do that again. You know? So, yeah. So that's what really helped me. Interesting. You keep mentioning having to do it because it's your job. Yeah. But I think that is what being professional is. Say, yeah. for instance, using art, yeah, just for, for yeah. lack of a better phrase. You're not doing it for your own pleasure. Yeah. From that 
point of view. So it we can't, as a professional creative, you can't, as you say, relax and say, well, yeah. I'm not feeling like doing it today. There's no, there's, there's none of you that. You can't use the excuse of writer's block. Right, right. Yeah, yes. you yeah. can't. Yeah. You can't. Yeah. And, and actually, that's something that actually working with crayons, actually, it was interesting to talk to other creators about that. Right. About the fact that creativity is not an airy fairy thing. Mm. And it's not only about a vibe. Mm. It's about sometimes it's about sitting and 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 getting the vibe. And sometimes it's about going after the vibe. Mm. At least as my experience. Right. Because if you just wait on a vibe, you might end up having no work. You know, and I have seen that in myself. I don't feel like writing. I don't feel like doing a shoot. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm not feeling it. But it's only when I go, it come and meet my muse as opposed to waiting for my muse to come to me. You know, and I and, and advertising has taught me that, you know, that and I was actually going back to school too. I went to do literature. And you know, I would sit and write an essay in a half hour, a five-page essay. But when I have to do it on my own, I take in weeks. Mm. You know what I'm saying? I think that as creators, sometimes we sell ourselves short because, no, that's not what I want to say. I want to say that sometimes it's better just to get it done. And sometimes when you get it done, you realize this is not so bad. At least I could, even if it's not good, I could edit it. Mm. You know, I could still work on it, but at least I, but you, you have to try to get it out. Right. Because sometimes we just want it to be perfect, 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 but it's perfect in your head and it's not out in the world. Mm. And that is the older I get, the, real, the more I realize how detrimental that is. Right, got you. Because you just become overripe fruit. Your gifts become overripe fruit in your belly. And that's. Yeah, yeah. So, 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 th- so, good segue. What, so, yeah. what does creativity mean to you then? Um, hmm. Hmm. I, c- I could I could regurgitate a lot of things I've heard and I agree with, which is creativity is solving problems, pulling things out of the sky and trying to see how they fit together and, and how they work. But honestly, creativity is, you can't describe it, you know, it is from God. You know, it is peace of God that was given to you to give back to the world. And I know that sounds like airy fairy thing, but I really do believe it mm. because I, I just think creativity is evidence of a creator, you know? Mm, and and yeah. and that's why you can't just keep it in your belly. You can't keep it in your head, you know? I, I wish, and I know I'm a writer, and I wish I could like articulate <laughs> it better. <laughs> but it is evidence of the creator. Right. You know, it's evidence because we are flesh and blood. How are we making music? How are we making words that, is, that, that could um, move somebody else? That had to come from an intelligent, limitless source. Mm. You know? I love words. Yeah. I was going to say, I don't know the reason why. Um, and I guess because I say, I don't know the reason why, because I, I really can't explain why. But can you, as a writer, can you explain why you love words so much? Or, or what do you think drives you to write? What does drive me to write? 
I feel like writing is 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 a way of expressing beauty, mm. you know, just like taking pictures or making music. And beauty should be expressed. And it's because of that unseen God thing inside of me. Mm. And that God thing inside of me expresses itself through words. I can't not do it through words. So it's not like I could say why words work. This is the God's the peace of God in me and, and the peace of God in me is, exp- is, is oh, what I'm trying to say. That's what God gave me to do. You know, that's just it. You know, and I say that's do it all the time. But right. That's what was given, you know. Got you. And do you have any rituals or anything that you need to put yourself again in a frame of mind to do? Do you, do you have any of those things? How, how does your process work? Because I work in advertising, I don't have a ritual mm-hmm. because I because usually things are very time sensitive. So it's just a matter of sometimes I need to talk to myself and say, Keisha, it's time to work. You know what I'm saying? It's enough reading about in, enough reading about um the energy industry. You know what to write. Right. Mm-hmm. You know? Um some of ritual might be just be like reassuring myself, telling myself it's time to it's time to go. Um, but other times when I do have the time, it's really about just saturating yourself with information, you know, because, you know, you just read about it, you give yourself the information and then it is coalesced in your brain and then it's come out, but you have to sit down and get ready to work and it's come out, you know, but, um, it's, it's not really a ritual per se. It's about saturation and then working. So that's your process. Yeah, yeah, I would say. You fill up and then you could release. Yeah, you and, fill up and, and, then... and put myself in a place to release. Mm. Yeah. Is there a favorite piece of literature that you draw on on a consistent basis or anything like that? Um, Not really. In terms of like books and that kind of thing, I tend to veer towards nonfiction and, and um, books about inspiration, books about our capacity as human beings and that kind of thing. Um, like my favorite book is Every Road Less Traveled by M. Scott Peck. And that's, that's about, you know, that's talk about concepts like love and love being, um, love being work and love being, um, he describes love as, um, the extension of yourself for the betterment of somebody else. So like those kind of things is the things I like to read about, you know, the mind and our, and our limitlessness as human beings and that kind of thing. Those are the kind of things that, yeah, I would say, yeah, those are the kind of things that I am attracted to um, in, in, in words and in, in books and in literature and that kind of thing, mostly about human potential. Mm. And, and even in the work that I do at my job, I tend to be, I, t- I tend to always go in that direction. So if, I am, if I'm working on like a, because um, we have a milk brand, so I, ch- I try to talk about not just cooking, but about the memories attached to cooking and the, try not to be cliche, but the memories that are attached to cooking, the tradition that are tra- attached to cooking, the feeling that are t- attached to cooking, um, the creativity that are attached to cooking, because that's the thing. I'm, I'm more interested in the, um, I'm more interested in, in the emotion of it, you know? Um, yeah. In terms of your path um, going through, you know, changing careers and, and all of that, um, overcoming the, the confidence bit, 
Um, what other struggles do you face executing on your creativity? And how do you overcome those things? My biggest struggle um, is perfection. Mm. Um, that's my biggest struggle. You know, there, there, there's a lot that I want to do. And I am, I am going to do it. You know, it's like inevitable. But um, I think it's slower than I would like to like it to be because of you just want to be perfect out the gate now, you know, and I need to stop that. And that's one of the reasons I do this podcast. Because <laughs> it's like, <laughs> well, thank um, you very much. Because <laughs> it's like, yeah, I'm not perfect, but that's okay. Yeah. You know, and, and that's, that's something that I, is a constant, it's a daily um, deliberation in my mind. How am I going to push myself out of my comfort zone? Mm. You know, because that's the only way. That's the only way you're going to live your best life. That's the only way. So that's actually um, my mantra. That was actually my mantra for this year. Progress over perfection. Mm. Yeah, I love that. Because it's just the only way. Like I can't like, it, it, it's kind of self-explanatory. I should make that a t-shirt. <laughs> actually was thinking about like, yeah. if I were to ever get a tattoo, that would be my tattoo. Yeah, and I yeah. think that that should be a mantra for all creatives. You know, talking to other creators, you know, you realize that that's their struggle as well. Or it's something that they know that they're not going to let that keep them back. Right. You know, yeah. perfection is, is, a, is a, like an ogre. It's just this nasty ogre. It's like, blah, blah. You know, trying to jump you all the time. And it's like, but mm. you, you could like, you could duck him. Yeah. You know? Just, you have to be focused and you have to know that you're not supposed to only walk on the sunny days if mm. you want to get to your destination. Mm. You can't just wait for the sun to say, okay, I'm going to walk today. You have to walk through the rain and the hail and that kind of thing. And that's the only way you're going to get to your destination. Because mm. if you only walk on the sunny days, you're going to get there in 15 years when you could have got there, you know, in two. Mm-hmm. You know, so um, that's something I constantly have to tell myself. It's okay if you only put in a half hour today. The half hours is built up. Because, you know, in my mind, I'm thinking, but I need to put in two hours every day. Yeah, right. But half hour yeah. is, is okay if that's yeah, all that's, I could do. That's where we talk quality over quantity. Yeah. 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 Mm. Yeah. You do what you can, but you constantly just keep doing it. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. that's how you get better. How then do you evaluate whether you are trying to be a perfectionist mm. or this piece of work here is of a quality enough that it can go out into the world? Mm. Or is it that the quality doesn't matter, but once it gets out into yeah. the world, how, how do you make that distinction? Well, I, I still struggle with it. Um, I do think that at least my photography is of a, of a particular quality to go out into the world, but I still struggle with, um, eh, is it good enough? But as I say, because progress over perfection is on my mind, I try to, I try to always do it. I try to put out more work. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I've been writing long enough and shooting long enough to have a particular amount of confidence but I would say that I, I try to have benchmarks in terms of what my work should sound like, in terms of my words, um, 
how it should be read. I try to like look at other people's work and that kind of thing. Ah, I like this. I think I could do something like that. Mix it up with what I like to do and that kind of thing. Right. It's my pictures and that kind of right. thing, my photography. I know what I want my work to look like. So if I find it, it looks similar that or similar to the, the, the work that I like or it gets any reaction from the, the subjects, I know that it's, it's good enough quality. Right. And if it's not a thousand percent of what I want to, what I would have liked it to look like, because per- progress of a perfectionist on my mind, I would still try to put it out or share it with somebody or WhatsApp them or something. You know, so I think looking at the standard that out there and judging it against you is a good evaluation, but also just keep on just pushing yourself, mm-hmm. even if it's not to that standard yet. Right. You know, what to you is the culture of Trinidad and Tobago? Mm-hmm. Our culture is so powerful and so enviable. I'm so proud of Trinidadian culture. Our culture is, I guess the best, best way I can say it is colorful, you know? We are, I remember somebody telling me, we are island of extroverts, mm. you know? And if we were, we, we wouldn't be one color. We are so many colors and it's reflected in how our music songs, in the way we speak, the way, the fact that we talk like we sing in, the way we dance, even the people who don't have much rhythm still have the confidence to like if they have rhythm. You know, <laughs> we are, we are color, I guess, you know? Um, and also too, because of our, history we have a particular racial mix and that has made us even more colorful than other islands you know and and our food even more flavorful and our music even more intense and layered you know and our um our people even more open-minded than somebody else like say what's going on in the states now Mm. what do you mean you're afraid of muslims or afraid of this person like you know this person's my neighbor you know i'm saying and that is the color that, that has come through our history, even though it started kind of rough. You know, we are left with a lot of color right now, you know, and I am so fascinated by that and so proud of that. You know, I don't walk around with a red, black and white all the time, but I just get triggered when I hear people bad talk, you know that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just get triggered, even with like... <laughs> Even even conversation about crime, you know, it's hurt me so much yeah. because it's blocking from so much beauty, mm. so much beauty. And again, working with crayons and being able to talk to local creatives. I feel so proud that so many young people coming up and want to represent Trinidad and Tobago in this way, you know. Mm. And also too, you know, I had the opportunity to work with one of, the comp- one of our clients um, because they were a sponsor for the Tobago Heritage Festival. So I was able to appreciate Tobago in a way that I never was able to appreciate it before. Tobago's culture is a bit more Afrocentric than Trinidad. And me being of African descent, you know, it it was beautiful to be able to see Afro-Caribbean culture right across the road in Tobago. You know, it was, it was, it was a beautiful experience. The times I was able to go to Tobago Heritage Festival and see how, you know, the dancing of the cocoa and all these things came out of pain, eh? But now we celebrate it and now we are able to find stories in it and that kind of thing. So, I mean, I, f- I am very, very proud to be a Trinidadian. Very, very proud and very, very proud of our culture. Mm. And um, in whatever way I can, I want to be able to help push that forward, you know? My question then would fall to you. Are there any other creative people that you look up to locally? Mm-hmm. And if you could tell me why. Mm-hmm. Um... 
off the top of my head, it 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 wouldn't be any specific names. Mm. I have to think about it some more. But I mean, I am inspired by anybody that pushing. I'm inspired by anybody that pushing because again, I understand the importance as a creative to push, mm. to push yourself. You know, so I mean, the people I work with really inspire me because they're wild. They're wildly creative. You know, um, the people I've met through, you know, just you know, going out and you're meeting people and saying and you're talking to people. You know, I'm I'm inspired by people that push. In terms of the names that you might know, or oh, don't know, oh, <laughs> true. Like I have a friend, um, Crystal Antoine Arlene. Mm-hmm. You know, she has a jewelry line called Coco Vintage. Her brand is based on a local and Caribbean aesthetic. You know, again, representing the culture. I love that. Representing the culture in a way that is not super cliche as well, because we are so much more than just you know coconut shells and that kind of thing and that's nice but you know there's there's other ways to express you know um of course i wish more people would come to my mind because there are a lot of people i do admire you know but i i'm i'm also attracted and inspired by people with you know just who are able to articulate their love for their creativity a little bit more than just what's the latest trend they have an understanding of the beauty of what they're doing so if if it is that they are um a baker mm. it's not just about how the thing tastes but how the thing look how the thing does make somebody feel why they want to bake this cake you know like I, I i like i'm inspired by creators like that you know but again mostly people that push themselves push themselves out to their comfort zone because they will eventually become a giant and that is i love that i love being around that kind of energy gotcha. working within the advertising industry do you think that advertising has a responsibility because it obviously it plays a role yeah. within the society? One thousand percent. You know, I, I believe that. I believe we do have a responsibility, especially now. And I know that feminism is trending mm. and, and, and trendy things you usually kind of like roll your eyes at. But feminism is important. I mean, men and women profit, have profited from feminism, you know. If it wasn't for feminism, your mom wouldn't be able to work. You know what I'm saying? Your mom wouldn't be able to be the full woman that she was meant to be. Mm. You know? In advertising, feminism should be remembered. You know? So I do think that there is a responsibility. We have a responsibility. And sometimes, because you try to get work out or you're trying to sell a product, sometimes things like feminism or things like charity or things like local culture they kind of they kind of left aside mm. and and it's sad but um when there's an opportunity to do it I, I jump at the chance at it you know because it takes money to get a message out and in advertising our clients usually have the money to get a message out so if you could do your little part to help use their money to get a particular <laughs> message out gotcha. um yes you're trying to sell phones but if you could do so in a way that not degrading somebody right. and do so in a way that could give back to somebody, mm. I find that is utilizing advertising to its best. Not just to sell a product, not just to make a cool slang or a cool tagline and that kind of thing, but actually help people. Mm. You know, advertising is super powerful. And since it's super powerful, we should wield that power in a particular way. You know? Totally, yeah. totally, totally, totally agree with you. Let me just talk about your photography for mm. a little bit. What would you say is your style? Right. What do you draw to? People, people. So in photography, that would be more portraiture and photojournalism and that kind of thing. I try the nature thing. It's not for me. (laughs) (laughs) 
I try like um still life and that kind of thing. They they don't talk back to you when you're shooting an apple. They don't talk back to you, <laughs> <laughs> you know. And um, people is 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 my thing in terms of the aesthetic. It's something that I'm always working on. Um, I try to be modern, but I try not to be too trendy. Try to keep it classic. Mm. Try to keep it classic because that's that, that's what's be timeless. I love capturing us. Well, I know it sounds cliche, but I love capturing us smile. I love when I show somebody the picture and be like, "That is me." It looking so cripsy. <laughs> <laughs> I love, I love that. Right. You know, I love showing people themselves in a way that they probably didn't see it before, especially women. You know, it's so much messages about you're not nice and you're too fat and saying, and when you're actually able to show a girl that may not be conventionally beautiful, that may not be the size that she want to be, that, all right, cool, I know, I know you're thing, thing, and you don't like the thing about yourself, but look at this picture, you're looking real nice, Jed. You know, like, I love that. And I can't get that from shooting other things, you know? So, yeah. Portraits is, is my main thing, you know? Okay. Yeah. And, and, and as we wrap up, what would you like to be remembered right. for? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Gosh, it's real cliche, but I would like to remember for making a difference. I don't know. I, I know I've never been anything else but human, right? <laughs> but I, <laughs> humans are amazing, right? Hmm. Humans are amazing because we are an extension of God now, right? This is something that always stuck with me. I remember reading this book called The Purpose Driven, Driven Life by Miles Monroe, and he talked about... He talked about purpose. He said, if you put a television in the ocean, it's not going to come on now, right? Because it was never meant to be in the ocean. So how would you know what environment you're supposed to be in, what you're supposed to be doing, is because you have to reconnect with the person that made you or whatever made you. Because a table wouldn't really be a table and act like a table unless the creator, the table say, this is a table and this is what a table is do, right? That's how a table will know its purpose. And that's how we would know our purpose by reconnecting with that intelligence source that made us. So what I would like to be remembered for is executing my purpose, you know? And I still, I know that I have, I have, I have understanding my purpose because it's through words and it's through images and it's through telling, helping people tell stories and that kind of thing. And I know that I will continue to evolve and get bigger over time. But whatever my purpose is, I would like to be remembered for expressing that because I feel like that's the most important thing you could do and the best thing you could do for the creator because that's what the creator puts you here for. You know what I'm saying? You were created by your creator, so you might as well ask the creator what you need to do and, what, and whatever that is, that is your purpose and that's what you had to continue doing for the rest of your life. Not just, I want to say reconnect with God. I ain't talking about don't curse, even though if that's what you want to do, that's fine. Although wear short clothes, if that's what, what you want to do, it's fine. But I'm talking about what the father or whatever you want to call him or her or whatever, what did the creator put you here to do? And that's what I would like to be remembered for, doing what I'm supposed to do. Thank you very, very, very Thank much. You, Thank you, <laughs> So tell the world, um, where can they find more of your work, right. um, Instagram, yeah. whatever you have? So right now, a blog is coming soon, but right now, photography is at Photography by Nikisha on Instagram, N-I-K-E-I-S-H-A. Mm-hmm. 
That's it for now. We are a lot more in the future. <laughs> a huge thank you for Nikisha for coming through and thank you for listening. Please share this episode with someone who would find it valuable. And if you haven't yet, subscribe to the show now on Apple Podcasts to get new episodes as they become available. Also, please leave us a review on iTunes. It would help us reach other listeners just like you. Find additional content on abigboxofcrayons.com. Follow us on Instagram at abigboxofcrayons. Until next time, friends, remember... We are all the same in the fact that we will never be the same. Stay colorful. The We Are Crayons podcast is a production of A Big Box of Crayons. All rights reserved.